Hello and welcome to the Not Overreacting podcast. This podcast aims to tackle all things women's health, from periods to endometriosis to hormones to fertility, you name it, we're going to cover it. It's my goal that this podcast contributes to ending the stigma around women's health and talking about periods, and I hope that you enjoy today's episode. This week we are talking to three-time Olympian, world champion, Commonwealth champion, European champion, Hannah Miley, and I'm super excited about it. We're going to talk all things, periods, swimming, what she's doing post-retirement for, for young girls and to educate young girls with regards to their period. Hi, Hannah. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. All good for a Saturday morning. <laughs> so we're going to start off by talking all things swimming. When did you first get into swimming? So I was quite young. My dad was the person who basically chucked me in a pool when I was quite little. Um, he wanted, he was fascinated with babies in water and their ability to hold their breath and just be at peace being in the water at such a very, very young age. Um, and he taught me to swim when I was three. So I've kind of always had like a close affinity to being in the water, but also my younger brothers were taught to swim at a very young age as well. Um, and for me, I just felt at home when I was in the water. I would go lane swimming or public swimming with my dad, play games. Found out I was very competitive quite early on because I always had to do more lengths than my dad. So however many lengths he would do, he would stop and be like, right, Hannah, you need to stop. I'm going to do like a drill or a technique. And I'd be coming in and be like, oh, psych, turn, turn and push off. Because then it was like, yes, I could get two more lengths ahead of my dad. Um, so, yeah, so it kind of started from a very young age. But I did do other sports and activities as well. But I just felt more coordinated and comfortable being in water. Um, developed hyperextendable elbows, floppy feet, which are terrible for any land-based activities, but perfect for being in the water. Um, and yeah, and it just kind of went from there. I couldn't wait until I turned eight because that was the first time you could go to a public swim session without a parent or without an adult. Um, so I couldn't wait until I turned eight to go with my friends um and, and yeah and I just always I just fell in love with water and I guess my dad's passion for swimming and having worked with quite a few Olympic athletes um I kind of just that passion rubbed off onto me um so yeah so it was kind of started at a very young age but I didn't fully appreciate it or understand it until later on yeah that's amazing that's so nice to hear how you got into sports obviously I obviously know of you as the Olympian the Commonwealth champion so it's interesting to hear how you actually got into the sport um how did you find being a woman in the swimming um you know it actually wasn't too bad from my perspective so the way that I trained um my, my dad always used to say the phrase you know train like a boy or you know yeah. chase after them so you know he was quite um kind of pushing my boundaries and capabilities of being like don't be held back because you're a woman but looking back yeah. at it now you know maybe the language could be seen as slightly sexist but from my point of view I loved it because it kind of made me prove to myself that I'm just as good as the boys so I didn't really notice a barrier as such um obviously when it came to like distance racing the girls could only do the 800 and the boys could do the 15 yeah. Um, but that's now changed, which is quite nice. Um, it was mainly just when it came to training, some training sessions, the boys would have a faster turnaround time and the girls didn't. And there were times where I'd try and see if I could yeah. go off the turnaround as the guys. And it was hard. 
couldn't always do it. Um, so I guess physically, I did notice that there was a, a bit of a difference. But for me personally, I didn't notice that there was too much inequality if it came yeah. to like um it was the same for for men and women so I was very lucky in a sense that the sport uh was as equal as I think it could have been um I, I'm sure there's probably other aspects that maybe could have been better for, but for me personally I kind of felt just as equal to the sort of uh, the male teammates or male um competitors so yeah 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 that's amazing so since retiring you've obviously spoken a lot about having periods and, and training and racing um so when was your first period and what was your experience of that so I think it was round about I can't remember the exact day but I do know it was round about this sort of age 11 12 mark um and I just remember panicking a little bit being like I'm bleeding this you know you, you're aware of it because you have like the talks and you get given the books and you're aware of it but it is it's quite intimidating but I just remember from a young age I had real problems with my period um and I almost used to wear it as like a badge of honor which looking back now oh. I realize how damaging and dangerous that was because I was yeah. only I was bleeding for 14 days um oh. and because I was so competitive in anything that I did it was like oh well I'm on a period longer than you are <laughs> that's just my mindset I was just everything that I did was competitive whether it was schoolwork, whether it was you know that was just how I was but um I had real bad time with my cramps um especially when it came to competing because you uh -huh. give it your all and then literally I could time it three minutes after my race I had to be hidden away or in a bath like bathroom stall or something um because I'd just be curled up in absolute agony it was as if someone was just wow. constantly stabbing me in my lower abdomen and it was it was really debilitating because I just couldn't uncurl myself um and it did impact my performances because I felt I, I, because it was so sore you'd be hesitant to then give everything because you're aware of what's yeah. coming up um and I was also anemic as well because you know I'm bleeding for 14 days and the nutrition and diet I guess of a teen young teenager isn't always that great and I wasn't aware of what I needed to do my mum and dad yeah. did the absolute best that they could found out as much information that they can um and it came to the point where the governing body suggested it was best for me to go on the pill to basically control my periods and you know, I have no regrets in a sense of going on it because for me, I guess that was the right method at the time. But looking back, I realized that the pill masks a lot of red flags and my body was giving me so many red flags. Yeah. But I just didn't read my body. I didn't know the tools that I know now of what I could have done to basically better manage it so that I didn't have to hide it and pretty much just stop having my period by um, giving myself synthetic hormones. So, you know, it was it was really, really tough. Um, you know, your mood swings kind of all over the place. Your skin gets really greasy. Your hair gets greasy. Um, it's kind of all the typical stuff of, you know, the baptism of fire that is going through puberty. Um, and you'd have like really embarrassing moments where you come out of the pool and there'd be just blood running down your leg. I was going yeah. through plus tampons like so, so quickly. Um, so it was it was really challenging. But I just thought it was normal. I thought it was just part and yeah. parcel of this is what it's like being a female and being on your period. So, and the bit I felt really bad for as well was my dad could see that I was struggling. And yeah. competitions, he would go and try and find female coaches 
um to basically ask is there anything I can do to help her um which for me kind of breaks my heart because you think you know coach not just as a dad but as a coach as well there wasn't any resources for the coaches how to manage and work with their female athletes when they are struggling so um yeah yeah, that's kind of why I've kind of really delved into it a lot more because I I don't want athletes to suffer I I want coaches to be more aware but also for that mindset of if I say the word period to you like what are the first things that come to your head like what are the probably, what words probably menstrual cycle bleeding time of the month those like phrases that people use to try and hide it I guess like yeah. I've heard like the papers are in and stuff like that yeah. <laughs> there's that and then you get words like pain or cramps yeah. or food swings or tired fatigue they're never anything positive associated yeah. there's only one time I've had something positive where someone I think put chocolate um wow. but, but that's, that's interesting it. yeah that everything is always so negative and society dictates as well how we view it slightly that obviously yeah. you have religion you've got your upbringing you've got your friendship group you've got what you're influenced by social media wise advertising like there's lots of different ways but it is always quite a negative thing and it's really hard for people to relate to it as well body form i think was the first company uh, back in is it 2020 um to actually showcase red liquid up until that wow. point for pure products it was always blue liquid blue so yeah a young impressionable you know impressionable individual who's looking at it being like i can't relate to this because i don't i don't bleed blue liquid you have that disc and it makes you feel more internal and it becomes more of a secret and I always think that periods should be private but not a secret and in that sense of you shouldn't be told you have to keep it quiet um that's why I think private's good because it's up to you who you let in on that information but you should never feel like you can't talk about it um uh, and yeah and it's it's really fascinating it's changed so much over the years which is really fascinating but I think we've still got a long way to go and it's a culture change and you know can't change culture overnight but I think it's getting better it is getting better the information and the sort of knowledge and understanding around them which is good especially in sport and that whole mindset of you know they might have people that dread being on their period at competitions um, and I'm one of them because when I was on my, on the pill, I, it was purely so that I didn't have to be yeah. on my period positions. And when I decided to come off it, I did find it hard to try and change that mindset because it was so ingrained for me for so long. Um, so yeah, so trying to work with young individuals to to help change or help them have tools so that they can work with their body, whatever phase that they're in, because it's not all doom and gloom when it comes to being on yeah. your period. There's some pretty cool facts and fascinating things that you can actually if you're supporting your body the right way you can actually get the most out of it I think it's so amazing that you're so open about talking and sharing those stories I think swimming as a sport is pretty brutal um you don't have the luxury of getting the choice about which period product to choose or um I mean water and blood when mixed make it look like a horror scene Um, And I think it's great that you're sharing those stories so that women don't like young girls don't feel alone when they have those because I think every female swimmer can probably share an embarrassing period story related to swimming or (laughs) at training or a competition. Um, So I think it's just I think it's great that you're kind of 
stepping up and being a role model for other women and other young girls to to realize that actually that's okay to have that as an experience um what you said about um different phases in your cycle there's been so much more talk lately I think I mean I I don't think there was ever really much talk when I was younger um about different phases in your cycle and how to use them in training do you think that this is something that coaches might start using more um especially I mean obviously it might be difficult in in a club environment to dictate every single girl's phases of cycles um what do you think about that yeah, it is. It's, it's really tricky if you've got a coach who's managing, say, 30 athletes and it's like a mixture yeah. of male and female swimmers and then you've got females, then will be at different points um, at, within their cycle. So it is very tricky. But I think having an understanding as to how they communicate, I think it's really important, yeah. especially when towards the sort of just before you start your period what is classed as phase four that decline in hormones before period that you know it, your menstruation initiates um you can get a whole host of emotions so it can you can feel tired you can feel a bit lackluster withdrawn maybe a little bit more irritable um you might find trainings harder because you feel heavier in the water sitting lower and just not able to fire in all cylinders so if you've got a coach who is aware of, okay, the, cause coaches are pretty switched on. Like I know quite a lot of coaches who can actually spot the signs and symptoms of their female athletes who yeah. are about to, which is great. Um, but as well, knowing that information, if they see their athletes struggling or if they see their athletes just, you know, a bit lackluster, instead of having a go at them or getting on their case, it could, or maybe shouting times and they can see the athletes get more frustrated because the times aren't what they're wanting don't call out times or yeah just allow them to go through the motions get through it um and offer that support of do you need to talk no okay that's fine or yes let them talk so I think it's a balance of communication and delivering sessions without putting extra pressure um obviously pressure is needed to push your body to the limits but I think there needs to be a balance and a way of being able to communicate more effectively so that a, the individual who is about to start their period doesn't feel like they're being put on the spot and picked on um, because they might be given everything that they have. And at that time, it just might be subpar to what they're used to doing. And it's not that they're not trying. It's just physically they've maybe struggled on trying to get the best balance through support, nutrition, sleep, recovery. It might just be not quite right. Um, and that's why training or Americans call training practice. You know, it's all about practicing mm -hmm for the main competition so it, you know it could be individuals might need an extra hand on what nutritional tweaks do they need to make what extra sleep strategies do they need to make what recovery strategies do they need to make so yeah whilst I don't have the answers to because every coach has got their own strategy and own way of doing it but I do think it's important for them to be made more aware so that it's not just oh that it's just them being hormonal or oh, it's just them being female and typical phrases that come about that can really for me feel quite irate and quite personal yeah. and actually just make it a little bit more understanding in a sense of okay you know what they actually just might need more recovery um or you know what I'm just going to let them go through it and then if they need to approach me and talk fine if not then that's also their choice and especially for young teens like they're having to deal with so many fluctuating hormones at the time yeah they won't know what the right right or wrong way is so it's up to the coach to help guide it um but I think creating that environment of support and 
creating a, a zone, a safe zone for them to feel at ease that you know they shouldn't feel like they're being held back by their hormones that they can actually if so their body is being supported in the right way that they can do it because also you know if a coach knows that their athlete has missed periods has missed cycles you know that's a really big red flag is it because they're overcooking it in training is it because it's too much or they're not supporting their body so you know duty of care in a sense from a coaching point of view how well do you follow yeah. your athlete but you know it's kind of slightly difficult especially if you're dealing with younger athletes what the sort of right information you know should a coach know what your menstrual cycle is I think as yeah. you go as a senior athlete it's no bad thing but again it's private information whether you want to mm. give that out it's up to you you shouldn't feel like you're forced to give it but at the same time you shouldn't feel forced that you have to suffer in silence with it so if you are struggling as an athlete it's really important to speak to your coach because that again builds that better communication and allows the coach to best coach you um because if you if you just feel like you're told to shut up and put up kind of thing yeah to get the most out of yourself and you run the risk of really damaging and harming your body without reaching your full potential so yeah so it's, it is it's a tricky one and, and it's not straightforward um because each club each coach has got so many different situations scenarios quite a lot of the time will be out with both sides control um and it's doing the best that they can with the information that they know and understand i think that's going to be key but that information has to be shared yeah that's amazing i think it's incredible that you're just telling people to have a conversation about it like it's like it is a normal thing every woman has or should have a period what advice would you give to a young girl who wants to have that conversation with her coach but doesn't have a clue how to start that conversation um that's actually a very good point I think research and read up as much as you can about your body um one of the bits of advice I give uh to a lot of the younger um athletes that I work with is become friends with your body so when mm. you meet your friend for the first time you get to know them you ask them questions you find out a little bit more about them because the more you get to know about them the more you can connect with them so obviously you can't sit and ask your body hey what's going on <laughs> it's important for you to figure out what's going on in your body there are so many great books and bits of information out there that the more curious and fascinated you can be, the more you can build a friendship with your body. And that will help hopefully build a little bit of confidence that you're not on your own. You know how to handle your body. Um, and that in itself might offer that chance of you feeling like, I want to speak to somebody about it. You know, start off speaking to your friends, start off speaking to your parents. Um, and then if you want to speak to your coach, maybe bring a friend with you or bring your parent with you if you want that extra support um you know it, it is it's I can't really say do this and this is how you speak yeah. to your coach because it comes down to the individual some people feel more comfortable talking about it compared to others I think if you feel it's important that you want that understanding um it's up to you it's that private information you can offer it to your coach whether you you know on your terms but at the same time you don't have to but I do think it's important that coaches are aware and understand what's going on with regards to the female body. And also everybody's different. People yeah. struggle sometimes with, um, in, as I say, the phase four where you decline in the hormones, people have different symptoms like the premenstrual syndrome, or you get PMDD, mm. with severe symptoms. You have endometriosis where the pain is debilitating and it stops yeah. you from 
um, actually attending training sessions because you are so sore and in pain. Um, but that takes seven years to diagnose. So I guess it's knowing that if you can let your coach know and understand, you're creating, I guess, a shared bit of information. Coach should respect that. It's not information to be passed out. But hopefully it's, it's you know, building that relationship with your coach in a sense of for them to get the most out of you, they need to know about, about you. Um, but it's a balance, I think. And, you know, yeah. it comes with a bit of maturity and a bit of trust and confidence as well. Mm. Um, respect is earned, not given. So, again, it's not the coach's God-given right to demand that information from athletes. But uh, if the coach offers respect, Again, the athlete in return has to offer respect that for the, in order for the coach to do their job, maybe extra information might help. Um, but yes, yeah, a delicate kind of subject on it. And as I yeah. said, I can't specifically yeah. what you do. Um, I can only suggest options. Yeah, that's amazing. No, I think that my younger self would have found that in, informative and helpful. So um, thank you for that. Um, so since retiring, the dreaded R word, um, what you've obviously gone on to campaign a lot so what is the call it what it is campaign so the well hq which is a great organization who has so much information um around not just the menstrual menstruation but all aspects of female health there are so many different aspects you've got concussion and injury you've got pelvic floor health you've got breast health contraception social and environmental nutrition and hydration like all those components are part of the package of being a female athlete um, and menstruation is just a small part of it but for them the call it what it is campaign was all about well if we're to break down the barrier and the stigma around period like the question i asked you before what words yeah. do you associate with people struggle sometimes to say the word period and it mm -hmm. dates back to you know decades ago where it was such a taboo it was a secret we couldn't talk about it so you know menstruation is the scientific term of you know being on your period period is almost like a cover-up word for it but even then saying the word period was deemed not it was just an uncomfortable word so you come up with so many different types of euphemisms like you said time of the month aren't flows yeah. and painters and decorators you have all these different words I think there's something like 5,000 euphemisms wow. and it's like one thing that we can do to help break down the barrier instead of as I say you know getting coaches to do courses or get athletes to talk more about their periods just the one thing that they can do which anybody and everybody can do is just start saying the word period just call it what it is which is period um uh, without having to skirt around the edges regardless of you know whether you feel comfortable or not just call it period and that in itself will give ownership to those who menstruate it'll also break down the barriers of communication and it just furthers the sort of confidence within this is normal this is something that happens every month it's not shameful it's not dirty it's not something that is um shocking um it's completely a normal biological process so by calling it what it is it just reaffirms that in itself um you know no different to saying i breathe or i have yeah. a heartbeat i have a period you know those mm. phrases should be much and such the same um so for me you know I was a huge advocate for what the well hq are doing on that because i think it's so important to have that support and also for it to not just be people who menstruate that say it 
you know, yeah. get male colleagues, get, you know, um, people who are going through menopause to say it, you know, females, males, women, girls, boys, men, you know, anybody to say it. It's not just one demographic that should be saying it. It's everybody that should be saying it. Yeah, that's such a great point to make. Um, you've also been doing a lot of wash workshops with kids, um, especially with Scottish Swimming and, and different clubs. Do you want to explain a little bit about those? Yeah, so I kind of run a different series of workshops. So I'm very fortunate that uh, Oraco and Fitter Women have, uh, I've been kind of working with them, the information that they've gathered and the data and research. I've been able to create these workshops to offer an insight and debunk a couple of myths um, surrounding your period and also how to best manage it. Now, everybody's on their own personal journey with it, whether you're a parent, whether you're a coach or whether you're an athlete. So I try and run two, three specific kind of workshops, two for the athletes, for those who are about to start their period or have just started their period, those who are, who've been on their period for a couple of years and looking at trying to find ways to manage it to reach their potential. <clears throat> and then another one for the coaches and parents, because it's, it's important to share that information across the board, but deliver it in a way that is appropriate for that demographic or kind of for the, that kind of particular group. So for the coaches and parents, you're looking at more of the behavioral side of how do you communicate and how do you actually work with individuals that maybe are struggling? Can you personally spot the signs and symptoms? Then for the athletes of responsibility for, do you understand your body with the needs and requirements for nutrition? are you aware of certain red flags like reds the relative energy deficiency in sport so making sure that they you know allow their body to have the period needed um because if they delay it or if they push their body so much that their body stops having a menstrual mm. cycle that's a really big red flag and really really worrying um and then for the younger athletes trying to kind of instill not necessarily you have to run around jumping for joy when you're on your period but trying to nudge and change that perception that it's deemed as a bad thing, that they panic of, oh, when is my period coming? Oh, it's gonna be at a competition. Oh, that's it, my competition's out the window. I'm gonna race rubbish and trying to change that a little bit so that yeah. you, know, you can still perform. And that can also be taken, not just in sport, but out with inter daily activities. So what if you're on your period during an exam? Mm. You might feel stressed, overwhelmed. Here are a couple of tips for you to manage it. Here are a couple of things for you to work with, um, work with your body. And it's it's helping, showing, and guiding how <clears throat> they can become better friends with their bodies. How they can understand. Well, this is what happens. This is sort of the ranges of what's normal. What is normal for you? Do you fall within those ranges? Do you fall out with those ranges? If so, here are a couple of resources to help you manage it and for you to stay healthy. Because it's health is more than just eat fruit and veg and do exercise health yeah. is about balance of carbohydrate fats and protein and good sleep management of stress using your uh, period as a marker of health um you know a regular period like a heartbeat is important mm. um importance to understand why having a regular cycle is so important and what it does for your body and what it can do for your body. Um, so the workshops target those areas and then there's a behavioral side as well to help manage a talking about it, creating a safe zone so that they can ask questions because I've gone through quite a lot of things within my you know, lifespan so far of being on my period, but there'll always be questions that maybe I've not heard of before and it gets me thinking. 
So the dream would be to then have other athletes run these workshops so that there's yeah. a core content, but they bring their own personal story to it. So someone who's been through endometriosis could run the session and offer their insight and story and how they've managed it. Because as I say, there shouldn't be a barrier to what you potentially you can do, whether it's in sport, whether it's in school, whether it's in business. Um, and I, I aim for the workshops to empower, educate, and hopefully inspire um, all those that go into the workshop to just get fascinated and curious because it's it's so cool the the, yeah. the sort of female body is incredible and for me I think it should be celebrated and viewed in a way that's just fascinating um so that's what I try and kind of pass on yeah. through the workshops it's so amazing I wish that these workshops were around when I was a young girl because I was clueless and it's so amazing to see that the sport is progressing into being more proactive in talking about these things and and just educating young girls and how to how to understand what's going on in their body. Um, so when is your next workshop? What's the plans for workshops in the future? So I've got a couple. I do run online and in-person workshops. The online ones are, I like them, but they're quite condensed. You've got like an hour. I'm trying to get all this information in an hour. Yeah. It's quite tricky, but it is literally what I, I guess an introduction to it. The in-person workshops are, you know, three, four hour workshop where there's different interactive uh, components to it. It uh, allows for, I guess, better face-to-face -face communication because it is a subject that people do find uncomfortable. And I think that in-person face-to-face work allows that discomfort to kind of disappear and people to, you know, hopefully feed off a, my energy, but also the energy of the room that hopefully can get a bit more, um, more fascinated and excited about the topic. So I've kind of got a couple of them uh, coming up over the next couple of months. Uh, a couple of them will be in March, um, but I've had clubs, I've had governing bodies reach out um, and yeah, just kind of going where the, the, the demand is and where people want yeah. that information and help. I'm an open book um, and reaching out. Well, yeah, people reach out to me for uh, these workshops, which is, yeah, it's really fascinating. I'm not very good at selling myself here. <laughs> I guess. No, but, I think um, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's it's exciting. There's there's quite a few coming up over the next couple of months, um, both in person and uh, online as well, which is great because it's, as I say, I want to be able to help out all clubs uh, and sports as best as I can. Um, and yeah, whichever way they think is possible, uh, you know, important, whether it is in person or online, um, I'm kind of being flexible and um, what's the word? open no I was gonna say open-minded that's not the right word <laughs> I can't think of the word brain's now shutting down um, yeah, I, I kind of reaching out to as many sports uh, and clubs as, as much as I can yeah that's amazing so if people want to follow you find out more where's the best place to follow you so um my personal instagram page um at smiley triple eight nine um I kind of put little bits up there my business or my company that I'm running the um workshops through uh it's still kind of work in progress at the minute but it's get it's almost near completion um I will make an announcement as to where, what the hat tag handles whatever the language is for <laughs> social media uh whatever the handles are for that I will be putting that out onto my main Instagram page um but yeah my Instagram is also tagged to like a, a Facebook page as well so yeah and I think there's like an email address on my Instagram page so if you want to get in touch directly 
um, feel free to use the email. I think it's hannahmileyswim at gmail.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for today. It's been so insightful. Um, I've had a great time. I'm sure people listening will have had a great time. Um, so thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you. You too. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, please be sure to follow us for more and review us. Uh, It really supports our podcast. Also, feel free to check out our Instagram page at notoverreactingpodcast to keep up to date with all things related to the podcast. We hope you have an amazing day. Bye, guys.